is a really quick mental shift, which mm -hmm. can be kind of discombobulating. Goodbye. I'm a ghost. I'm back. Isn't it crazy how that works? Though? Yeah. Uh, 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 theater, like. I'm gone again. Yeah, you want to tap it? <laughs> yeah, you know how to fix it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Long Form Conversations, the podcast where we talk about long form improv. As always, I'm your host, David. We have a very special holiday edition of our episode today. Uh, during the episode, you might hear me munching away on a candy cane. It's the it's the holiday spirit. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> uh, so today we have a very special guest. This is a actor, writer, comedian. This is Liliana Winkworth. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, I always think it's fun. To, uh, first of all, we we had our little UCB holiday party earlier we this did. week. Yeah, had Did you, you have a blast? I had, I had, I had, I, I went, I stayed until 1230 when it ended, and then I went home. You make it sound like you were serving jury duty. <laughs> a very good time. I just, parties overwhelmed me, but I was like, you know what? I'm so lucky to be here. Everyone here is so cool. I looked good. I had a cool dress. You had a great dress. You look like a disco ball. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And a red um, coat. Coat. <laughs> My mom got me that coat that day. Really? Yeah. Same day coat. It's amazing. And worked out. We don't Cute. usually agree on coats, so it was great. Wow. What yeah. do you? Uh, what's her style? What's her style? She always getting like animal print. She's uh more like the tweed. Uh, like oh, isn't this nice? And it's like a little more like um. Where's she from? Fargo. But we're from here. I grew up with her here. Uh, and what's she doing with tweed in California? I guess what I, what I mean by tweed is like that, like Chanel kind of, but it wouldn't be Chanel the brand because that's too fancy. It's just very, like, I know it's, tweed is, it's very thick. It's very itchy. It's very warm. I know it's not tweed though. I wish it was tweed. It was just like basically knit like a heavy feminine canvas? stuff. Yeah. Okay. She doesn't like the funky stuff. She wants like feminine on me. Yeah. Specifically. I feel like growing up here, it's got to be like cotton and polyester. That's all we can handle. I saw people wearing yeah. wool that night. Linen. Linen like fine. linen here, but I don't know how to iron linen. I let it, I keep it wrinkled. I can't sit in it. Yeah. It's rude. Um, yeah, but that was really fun. That is, fun. now that I hear you say it, because you're not the first person to say that. They said that they're overwhelmed. And I guess yeah, improvisers and party, they don't really mix. I know. And I realized I I went in um, and I was like, I'm going to make five new friends. And I got there and I was like, this is not the environment for meeting new people. It's That's... the environment for being like, hey, which was, it was very fun. Did you have a good time? Yeah, I think I think I might have the opposite. I might have had too much fun. Oh, good. Yeah, I was. Uh, Did you make five new friends? I made two new friends. Sucks. I'm yeah. happy for you. I'm sorry. It's not a competition. It is for me. Yeah, but it, it was also just nice to see people in a different environment. Because uh, sorry to say, I love parties. I love dance floors. Invite me to them. <laughs> I'm usually the person. And you might have heard me. I was like trying to wrangle people. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, nice. Standing around having a conversation, trying to make five new friends. I understand. Let's get on the dance floor where we can't hear each other and our ears. I love that. Hurt. Great. You know. I'm glad that you were there for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to try to, to try to pull away people that you could have met onto okay. the dance floor. That's okay. Hey, what are you gonna do? But it was fun. Happy yeah. holidays. Happy holidays. Uh, and also, uh, we run into each other quite a bit. Mm. Um, a lot of times at Vidiots, mm -hmm. a couple of times at other movie stores, other coffee shops. What was he at? Oh, AMC. AMC. That what, was uh, a that was a dirty one because my boyfriend and I were there. We did double feature. Anatomy of the Fall. Middle of the day. Uh -huh. We did Priscilla and then walked into that, Anatomy of the Fall. Okay. We, and we got lunch at the AMC. So we got the one and a half pound Bavarian pretzel. And it was really bad. 
So when I waved to you, I was like, don't look at us. We're eating a one and a half pound Bavarian pretzel. Yeah. <laughs> it was a pizza box pretzel. It was yet again, another different energy. Cause yeah, you were like kind of, and I was like, oh, hey, yeah. You're not looking. No, yeah. yeah. That was fresh. Yeah. Fresh. You went into anatomy full after Priscilla. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You all planned that double feature, that no. depressing double feature? Not at all. No. I liked anatomy fall more. Oh yeah. Well, Priscilla is great, but it was also just so it's heavy. A vibe. Oh, I just read yeah. the the Britney book. I read the. No, I want to listen to it. I haven't done that yet. Well, just be prepared. It's it, they're I very know. similar in tone. Yeah. And in subject matter. It's like Hollywood isn't healthy kind of vibe. Yeah, it's almost like they take innocent young girls and they corrupt them and they Ooh. exploit them and squeeze their souls Ooh. out. Squeeze their souls out. But hey, we're here, baby. What are we? <laughs> this is our studio. This is our town now. Um, and then anime anime fall. Uh, wow, a lot of exposition, a lot of facts, a lot of details, a lot of yeah. arguing. I love the French court system. Seems very fun. Don't I don't want to go to court in France. I don't want to be accused of a crime. But they were just bouncing off each other. I might cut very, that like... off in case you're ever in court. <laughs> now they have this because apparently they'll use everything. They'll throw the whole I know. book at you, and they're like, "Oh, in a podcast back in 2023, you uh, said that you don't like the system. Why? Are you no, guilty? I like it. Are you guilty? They're <laughs> like, you liked us, so you want to be here, so therefore you murdered her on purpose. Yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. No. I didn't murder anybody. I love that. Yeah, you can kind of like twist anything into yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. You're guilty, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, you're innocent, huh? It's crazy. It was good, though. It was really good. It was really opening. And uh, as far as like, I guess we're doing a movie <laughs> review podcast. Yeah. yeah as far as uh, legal procedures go, you can't <laughs> go wrong with this year's Anatomy of the Fall. She's a cool actress, too. I have, it's my first time seeing her, but I know she's a big deal. Yeah. Have you seen anything uh, else recently? Sure. I have that thing where you ask me direct questions and my mind goes blank. But um, I have seen movies, and one of them could be, I've just been watching Hallmark holiday movies. I've been watching any new holiday movie, but I'll, I'll think about it in an hour, and I'll let you know. I'm so sorry to put you on the spot like that. Let me I answer look at first. My planner. I'll answer first, yeah. and you can choose. I saw uh, Poor Things. I haven't seen it yet. Get to it. Get to it to the AMC. I know, I know. It's a very good movie. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, everybody's great in it. Emma Stone's great. It's a small cast, so like everybody has a moment to like shine. Yeah, but she's great in it. Emma, St- uh, sorry, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo. I love Mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, 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 do you ever do you see anything at Idiots or do you rent stuff at Idiots? I have seen movies there. I have not rented personally from there yet. Oh wow! I rent from Videotech. Where's that? Oh, it's in. It used to be in South Pasadena. Now it's in Highland Park. Highly recommend. Um, it's a very cool movie rental store. video tech yeah v-i-d-e-o-t-h-e-q-u-e oh like a discotheque guess. yeah when you like to dance and i like to dance i'm gonna be there like oh my gosh i got made <laughs> stop the city. renting movies dance with me <laughs> yeah guys get on the dance floor. yeah uh uh how much is the movie there couldn't tell you it's like I feel like cheap. I'm really putting you on the spot. Well, so when I say and I where's rent- the address and how much is a video rental and how much is membership? I think Answer it's the like, questions. There's like you can do a thing. It was like twenty bucks for like five movies, kind of thing. It's not bad, and you get they have new releases too. Mm-hmm. They also have swag. Swag. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that, and I've also heard of this one in uh on in Burbank. That's uh my uh, team member Sean has been telling me to get on. I like renting movies. Like, it is good to like pay for it and yeah. sit down and like set time aside to like also you see it. stuff you wouldn't see other i mean for me i don't like scour the archives for films i think would be cool but like videotech specifically has like director 
country actor. So you can just like be like, oh, yeah. I love Christopher Walken. And you can go like the Christopher Walken section and be like, oh, I didn't know he did that movie. They, they give him his own section. Yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I can't say for sure if Walken has one, but Elaine May has one. Mike Nichols has one. Yeah. I think it's cool because, um, you know, they say like uh, people have um, like choice paralysis, like on streaming yeah. services. And I, that's very true. I do get it. But weirdly enough, when you go to a video store, it's literally every movie. Yeah. You don't feel the same. Yeah. It's because there's a tactile uh, 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 um, sensation to it. But like you do, like I can go to a movie store and I do pick out like a movie or two, like definitively. Yeah. I don't sit there and be like, I don't know. What do I do? It feels nice. feels really nice. Yeah. yeah. Do you get a bunch? You said you get a bunch at once. Or you... Yeah, like five. I gotta start doing that because I videos is a drive from here. It's yeah. like a forty-five minutes. This drive. one's now in Highland Park, so I don't know if that's any closer. It's not real. I might save me ten minutes. It might. Yeah, but uh, it is. It is like a long drive to like, and I rent it and I the drive all the way back. Yeah, maybe you I gotta just get do it when you're like already in that neighborhood for some reason. Like yeah, you're going to yeah. Capri Club or you're going to Hermosillo, and then you're like, oh, I guess I'll stop by. I'm gonna get some more wrecks, but I'll yeah. give you some time, and I can put you on the spot. I could do, I can do restaurants and bars. I just can't do names of things like musicians or movies. Uh, let's talk improv. Okay. So the the first segment of the podcast is gonna be Improvster Syndrome. So this is your opportunity to talk to us about your improv journey. Sure. How you got to where you are, and also sure. more importantly, how you felt, because I'm sure most of our listeners are were in your shoes. Uh, they are where your shoes were. Got it. Your past shoes or their current shoes? So I want to talk to you how you felt in those shoes. Those shoes. Yeah, sure. So how I got here to this very comfy chair. Um, I started doing improv in high school at Second City here. Did the Second City teen troupe. So sorry, you're LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Born okay. and raised. You know all the neighborhoods. Yeah, I grew up in Los Feliz and then Pasadena. Yeah. And you drove all the way to Second City Hollywood. Yeah, my mom signed me up for everything. So that was one of the many things I did. And I liked it from the get-go, but I didn't really love comedy until college. I went to Emerson, and I got on a sketch comedy troupe, met all my best friends, and then was like, oh, screw acting, which I went to school for, like theater, theater. I was like, I want to just do comedy acting. This was the Emerson campus here or the one in uh, No, in Boston. Yeah. So confusing. All right. <laughs> I mean, the campus here is just the LA program, I believe, and that's like a semester. It's like a study abroad kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so... Yeah. Lived here, went there for college, yes. came back. Yes. Did you well, always... I, did, I didn't even come back then. I went to Chicago. Oh, okay. My journey isn't over yet. Okay. Then just to, before we jump into the Boston chapter, <laughs> as, growing up, did you always, uh, you know, being around this industry, did you always want to do acting? Yes. I was nine. I saw my god sisters on stage doing a performance of Grease, and I was like, Mom, I want to do that, apparently. And so then I started doing it. Um, and then your mom, does she know about, like, how does she know to put you in Second City yeah. teen program? So my mom is a screenwriter, and my dad was also, they both were actors in college. They both pursued that in New York and then came out here and both had industry-adjacent jobs. And so I think just, she probably Googled things to do. But Second I did, like, Yada, shout out to Yada, Youth Academy of Dramatic Arts in West Hollywood. And then Second City and Groundlings I did as a teenager as well, just, like, the classes. Cause she was just googling and being like, "Sure, let's do it. Can our yeah. team take that class? Go for it." And how how did you like it doing it? Because uh, uh, when you're a kid, I feel like your imagination's so like everything feels cool, everything feels yeah. real. I'm super shy, so I don't remember it being. Um, I didn't feel like freer as a kid doing it, but uh, I think I was more just like 
myself or just whatever my brain was thinking of in that moment. I feel like as I've learned more, I like try to do different things. But mm -hmm. I remember in Growling City, they were like, you're so funny, just keep doing that. And I'd be like, I can't keep doing this. But also doing it as like a 16 year old with like 35 year old. Um, Wait, why students. couldn't you keep doing it? I don't know. I just kind of rambled about that. I am still, you know, you know, I don't know if you know what I mean. Um, I've done Growlings. Oh, no, no, no. I'm keeping doing Growlings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just meant the like style that I was doing. I think of like performance as a 16 year old has obviously changed. So I haven't stuck to what, like keep doing that like that. I don't know what I'm, what I'm saying about that. Um, but you enjoyed it then, I guess. I did. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of it. I was so nervous all the time. I always had a tummy ache, which I still do. And because uh, I'm just like an introvert, I don't like people stress me out, but it was very fun. And I remember feeling very, uh, not like necessarily like I feel good at improv, but it was the most fun I'd have because I could just really be myself and be the weirder I was and the more myself I was as a weirdo was like, seemed to be getting a better feedback from people. Compared to like, like dramatic dinner yeah yeah where like, I'd like that facing it acting uh... it's just not for i just i have so many friends who love it so much and whenever i talk to them about like their process i'm like oh good for you that's just not how i want to pursue but i do love performing so of course i want to act i am an actor but as far as like there's different i think there's different versions of being an actor i fell in love with the idea of like bringing myself to roles mm. instead of completely being like and now i'm a master shoemaker and i only eat broccoli yeah I'm like it's always me as the thing yeah 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 which i like uh okay great so uh um then you went over to emerson and you said it was for i uh, went for theater school okay i didn't get into the bfx i wasn't very good as i'm saying i'm not a very good like actor actor but i got into the ba program because i cried in my audition um <laughs> Uh, and then can you help me out? Cause I don't know the theater word very well. What is the difference between a BFA and a BA in theater? BFA is fancy, fancy conservatory style. Um, a lot of the colleges that do BFA programs have cut systems. Mm. That's similar to how the improv world works where you're like doing it for two years. And then after two years, you have to be evaluated. Yeah. And just cut. Like, Sorry, honey, you don't got it. You don't got the BFA anymore. Yeah. And so BA was more taking acting classes for the majority of your curriculum, but also taking playwriting or directing or science mm -hmm. or whatever the yeah. science of theater yeah oh, i'd love that mm -hmm. that sounds fun and how was your time there good i got into a comedy troupe my sophomore year and then that's where i just stayed i was very happy that kind of helped my experience and uh this comedy troupe you said they did sketch yeah did they also do improv no we we were just a sketch troupe but we did some improv shows just for fun but uh -huh. our shows were sketch. Was this your first uh, foray into writing then? Or did you yeah. also write earlier? I wrote plays in high school. Um, but this is my first foray into writing sketch comedy. How'd you like that? I liked it. I liked performing in it a lot. I liked collaborating a lot. Um, I love, yeah, it was like the perfect meld of theater and improv was sketch comedy because it's still spontaneous and can change. And What was yeah. your uh, uh, performance schedule? Like how did Hoffman let you make you perform? What was it? I think it was at least once a month. We met once a week, twice a week, maybe. Uh, yeah, we pr pr produced our own shows, directed our own shows in a little black box in the basement of a building. It's great. We're very people, popular. How many people would come? Everyone. It was a, it was a hit. Sold out every night. Because there was only, I think now Emerson has like 30 comedy troops because they added a comedy major. But at the time, they didn't have that when I was there. And there were maybe eight comedy troops and all the shows were always very popular. 
which you're, is very nice. You were a pioneer. You paved yeah, the way. Paved the way. <laughs> All those comedy uh, programs, comedy major, Liliana <laughs> helped start that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So uh, after college, uh, uh, so th- 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 that was when you made the transition in your head. You're like, it's comedy, baby, all the way. Yes, yeah. No more dramatic stuff. I moved to Chicago okay. to pursue the art of comedy. And uh, what, what, why did you choose Chicago? Like, what spurred that? It's where improv was born, baby. She's, this come is why on, she's the major. That's why she's on. a pioneer. You know about this. Uh, I, did your friends all go with you, or did you just a solo trek? Uh, it was a solo trek. I had a friend who uh, was from Chicago, and he passed when I was in college, and so it kind of inspired me of like, I'm doing it for him. Uh, and also I knew that I could always come back to LA. I knew I was, I like got the call, you know, how the groundlings program works. I got the call back when it was a call my senior year, like your spot in writing lab has opened. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to Chicago. <laughs> also side note, since we're on zoom, I always do this for improv phone because I'm an improviser, yeah. but I've recently been starting to do this and it's freaking me out. Is everything okay? No. Did you get a new phone? I don't know. A new headset? And I have to hold like this. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I remember I used to, I used to roast people in my head for doing improv scenes and being like, hello. And I was like, that's not how you hold a phone. That's how you pantomime a phone. So I know, but that's not how you hold that's not how you what space are we doing? Are, a we, phone. are we dramatic actors? But I've been doing this these days. You're yeah, two phone lines? She's been holding up two phones. But yeah. Yeah, so no, I gotta push you on hold. Yeah, sorry. Look, I gotta I gotta pick up my kid later. I got a lot of things to do. Yeah, so I told, I said, no, thank you, writing lab. I'm going to Chicago and starting over in their then, program. Was it a recording or was it a person? It was no. a human being. Okay. <laughs> I think I said, thank you. I'll let you know. And I was like, I have to go to Chicago. I felt it in my bones and I did. And it was very yeah. fun. I uh, re- highly recommend. So uh, um, Chicago, early 20s. Tell us about that. Oh, God, That's the sad. 1920s were crazy. <laughs> um, it was great. It was, I... I did IO first because they had a summer program where you could do the first three levels in a month. And it was a great way to meet people and like just it was like summer camp for improv. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a cousin that lived there, so I got to live with her and I have to still pay her back or buy her something really fancy because she was the nicest to me. Um, it was great. And I did IO, got on a Herald team and then started branching out to Second City. Never did annoyance. I did classes, but I wasn't cool enough for annoyance. In you my did the classes, but don't worry, you got her money. Annoyance is where it's at as far as cool kid comedy. With a name like The Annoyance, I, I, I totally see why. McNapier, best book on improv. Uh, so uh, uh, you went through the program. How how uh, You did a summer intensive. I guess how challenging or how tough was it? Because I know you said you did it before. Was it kind of like, oh, this is in my bones? Or was this like, these guys are, this is Chicago. There's so much more competitive here. Like, what was that feeling? Chicago's so much nicer. It's Midwest. It's chiller. Everything moves slower. I remember I moved there and I always like to have a plan. So I was like, I'll be here for three years and then move back to LA with something. And then I got there. I said, oh, Chicago takes longer. I'm probably going to be here for six years. And I was Uh, because everything just moves at a slower pace as far as, I don't know, it's just not as bing, bang, boop as LA. But I think it was my first time learning the Herald. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, it was new for my brain. But the yes and stuff. I knew that. <laughs> and uh, uh, was it also your first time doing long form or had you done long form before? I guess it was my first time doing long form. I took classes over the summer at UCB, maybe in college. No, I think I did a musical improv class once. But yeah, this might be my first time doing long form improv. That doesn't feel right, but I guess it is. But I did it at Emerson with my friends because I never was very good at short form improv. It's my story. That's the answer I'm going to stick with for now. Okay. Yes. So uh, uh, sounds like you took to it very well. No, 
Okay, so in college, we had long-form improv teams. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, I'd seen long-form improv shows. So I did the long-form improv as, a, as like in my own spare time organically. That's my first time doing it on a curriculum. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, and I'm guessing, too, uh, probably your first time getting like noted or evaluated. Because I guess most of the times, college don't really do that, right? College teams. Well, yeah, we wouldn't give each other. We actually might have given each other notes, which is a bad habit. But in high school, I would get notes all the time from... Oh, that's right. Or, oh, yeah. Groundlings in Second City? Yeah. Second City, I don't remember any notes. I'll give you notes. Besides, um, I was hosting one night. I still forget this to this day because I got in trouble. I was hosting the Teen Troop show, and I had a nervous stomach, as I still do, and I was eating a power bar because I was so afraid my stomach was going to gurgle, like make hungry noises on stage, and I didn't finish my power bar in time, so I started hosting with half a power bar in my mouth, and my teacher was really mad at me. That's so funny. They were very disappointed in me. I said never such, a, such a narrow-minded idea of a comedy. Also, is. I was 16. I think a 16-year-old with a half-chewed tar bar like, hosting. Welcome to Shaker City's Teen Troop. Sorry, I'm chewing. Um, yeah, that's funny. Wow. Yeah, I did it on purpose. That's some of that new... I, look, purpose or not, I think that's funny and that's something you could use and yeah. for people to be like, that's not funny. Funny is not eating broccoli, eating nothing but broccoli for six months. That's like... It was fun, though, because everyone in my class besides me was... Uh, a kid actor mm -hmm. who had like moved here and lived in an apartment in Burbank with their mom while the rest of the family was somewhere else mm -hmm. trying to make it on the big screen. I see. Yeah. And you really, you really. I was uh, just hanging out, eating my power bar. <laughs> yeah. They're like, take it seriously. You're hosting my showcase here. I was happy to be there. Always honored. But uh, yeah. Um. So what was it like being on a Herald team in IO? It was great. Uh, and now that I'm a part of UCB, I, they're very different. Uh, it's more organic. It's more artsy fartsy. It's more theater. Mm -hmm. It's more. It's uh, it's mostly um, time dash same characters, but it was great and it's a, it was such a fun. I was so lucky. My graduating class before I got on a Herald team, the final level, we were the last ones to perform our like graduation Herald show in the old space. It was like a very cool in Wrigleyville. Two theaters just great great comedy clubhouse vibes and then we were the first ones to perform in the new space which is a giant warehouse next to a whole foods but i owe a great community and it feels like everyone in chicago does it so it was the perfect way to meet everybody everyone was so nice and there were so many shows all the time and they had a great bar and it was just like where everyone just went to hang out every night no yeah. matter what it was great met a lot of uh chicago providers out here that yeah. come from that and, and like I've heard nothing but good things about IO, which is yeah. like so ironic because you talk about any other place and people usually have like, you know, yeah. let me let me give you some of the dirty laundry. Yeah. So it sounds like it was a really great uh, time in your life, really good community. Yeah, I won't ever speak bad about IO until on camera and on microphone until I've made it big in Hollywood. That is true. Yeah, I've mostly been asking people <laughs> while they're recorded on camera and on a mic. So maybe the real juice happens once you turn off the record <laughs> button. No, everyone, mm. everyone who comes from there, especially now that, People are in LA. Whenever I see someone who was in Chicago, even if we weren't friends, mm -hmm. it's just such a warmth and just like, it's so nice to see you. How are you? Cool. Um, so you were there for six years. Uh, uh, tell me about those last couple of years. Yeah. So I did IO Herald team. Again, loved it. I loved my first Herald team. We were together for three years. And then I hosted some shows there. And then I did Second City because I was the only theater in town that paid at the time. I don't know who pays now. So I did Second City and then got put on I was an understudy for the touring company mm -hmm. and then I got on the touring company so I did that for two wow. years and traveled traveled the world the the state the Americas yeah give me the some uh, some 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 
famous memories from states you went to? Oh, well, big towns, small towns. I remember loving, this is it? Oh, we went to Sun Valley once. Sun Valley. So bougie. No, Utah? Oh, okay. Couldn't even tell you. I have to Google it, but I don't have my phone. Sun Valley. I don't want to get into this, but it's, um, yeah, please Google it for me. It's not in California. It's a ski town. And if it is, I'd be humiliated. And we, it was like a small plane to get into it. And you had to fly down into the valley. I'll wait till you Google. Idaho. Sorry. Idaho. Sorry. That's kind of like Utah. Sorry it took me so long to find that. <laughs> no, they, oh, I really appreciate, I appreciate it. But that was really cool because it was so fancy and they offered you a glass of wine on the plane um, just because you were going to Sun Valley. And the, just some beautiful, like Dayton, Ohio is really pretty. And then bigger towns, though I I will speak, I won't speak ill on camera about Indiana, but if I could, I, I might. Uh, but yeah, anyways, it was fun. Uh, so tell me about the shows that you would do at the touring company with these sketch shows, improv shows, combo. Sketch in short form. Sketch in short form. Yeah. Okay, great. So our, all of our shows were mostly a mix of archive sketches, new sketches that we would write as a team or touring company. And then some short form games here and there is like, and then you, you have to dust off your short form skills. That's Try. so funny. You said you're not very good. And it turns out lo and behold, you were a touring company member. No, I, it's just not my um, preferred cup of improv. I like the long form stuff to yeah. watch, to do. Yeah. Fair enough. Which is what you're doing now. Yeah. So uh, what was the impetus to move back or did you move back? Was there another city after this? No, it, that was it. And then I moved back in August, 2019. And just, I felt like I could have stayed for three more years or moved to LA. And I, I just, LA was always where I wanted to end up or at least go next. And so I thought it was the right time. You miss your mom. No, she doesn't live here. I don't know why I did that. I love it. But no, they moved to Maine. They moved to Portland, Maine. I didn't come home for them. Oh, wow. They know they're finally gone. So you're like, you know what? It's my town. My town. This is my city now. Yeah. So yeah, I thought I'd come back because I love Chicago so much. Uh, there's not a lot of job opportunities as far as like TV writer and the shows are cool, but it's a lot of Chicago Fire, Chicago Med. And then the very cool ones like HBO would shoot or Showtime. Wait, those are shot and produced on location? Yeah, in Chicago. I didn't know that. The closest I ever got to booking a TV role to this day is when I was very like mid-20s and it was for a 19-year-old kidnapped girl in a cage how's your cage work apparently i got i got pinned i was the last runner up so it was me crying about a man talking to me on facebook and like kidnapping me and i don't mind that i didn't book it because i don't think it's my vibe and who knows what your career trajectory would have been if you did book it you would have been doing uh, you've been typecasted as cage girl kidnap girl girl yeah. living in the basement i just can't imagine my little face in a cage I'm very lucky, but I, I'm not doing with that. If you're ever going to do any improv with her, or if you ever watch her show, please don't put her in a cage. Do please don't yell at the suggestion cage because uh, she's left that life behind her. It was fun. It was funny, though. I feel like it was the same with my Emerson theater audition. I'm just like, just cry a little bit while you're doing a monologue. Are you good at crying? I can cry. On demand? I just cry all the time. So I think it's always pretty present. Oh, it's like it's like uh, Bruce Banner. That's yeah. my secret cap. I'm always crying. <laughs> Okay. My uh, one of my Herald team recently said, and a kind, I think it was a kind twist on what could be a, a diss was like, your emotions are always very at the ready. I was like, yes, they are. They actually are. Thank you. 
feel like that's a compliment. I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> I guess it depends on your relationship with your emotions. Like if somebody told that to me, because I very rarely access it, I'd be yeah. like, thank you so much. That's, yeah. I've been yeah, working yeah. on that actually. But if you're like always emotional, they're like, why would you call me out on that? Why would you say that in front of everybody? The whole team's listening. I think it's a good, like, I think my favorite word right now in improv is like framing, reframing. And it was a good reframe of something that I could think is a um, bad quality. It's like, no, like you're always very in touch. I'm like, thank you. Great. I used to have a, uh, I used to be on this practice group with this um, like professional dramatic actress. And that was always like their move. Whenever just to cry in improv scenes, yeah, that sucks. Well, I think it was good. It was good. Well, it was good crying, and then it, okay. it, it's all you had time to reframe it, you know. So it would always happen. And look, I was also guilty sometimes. I'd always, I, I, I'm quick to anger, you know, I'm quick to like confronting it. Uh-huh. It's like, why do you always, you know, uh, whatever the weird thing is, you know, why do you always put yourself in a cage? Why are you always in a cage? <laughs> and then she started crying, and I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. No, if you want to play in the cage, go ahead. I'm an asshole. I yeah. should let you, I, well, what, what's it to me if you want to be in your little cage? Yeah. So I think it worked in that sense. It was a yeah. good little challenge, but it was just like, uh, like, oh wow, like, uh, um, to take it to that ten is, it, it, like, uh, for the voice of reason, it's really like important to be like, oh, you gotta be ready at any moment to like, yeah, back down. Because I mean, good for them. I just always worry about the audience and like, I know it was a practice group, but still, just like you want to make sure that they know you're okay. And if it's if it's a real cry, it's like, oh. Maybe we're not safe right now. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Whoa, you're right. Then, phew, I'm glad that happened in a practice group. Otherwise, <laughs> the optics of it is a man. Young yeah. at a, at it's a, just a lot to put on you. Young improviser yeah. her cry. But yeah. then afterwards, like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> That's wild. Wow. That's I've, I've never had someone in an improv scene fully actually cry. It's always just, you know, comedy cry, whether no water comes out. Give it a chance. Hey, Harold Knight's coming up. Yeah, <laughs> it's always coming up. But hey, don't cut me. I can cry on stage. <laughs> that would be uh, 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 I don't know. If you ever have like a half idea, like I don't have to do, you start crying. I would love to see how the audience and how the the team reacts to that. Okay, it could be like that's uh, just start crying. It could be like one of those like those kid little kids sports movies where it's like, wait, that's your that's your secret power. Thank we just you. won the championship. Fantastic. All right, yeah. here we go. I will say as far as Chicago to L.A. At least maybe people who are also in Chicago got this and I just didn't for my O's program. Like the voice of reason, odd, um, unusual one is not something that we're taught. So that's been a big mind shift for me is like, okay, fitting that. Because I think mostly it's peas in a pod or it's not just the game isn't so game forward and IO. Yeah, I've yeah. noticed that from Chicago folks. Sometimes yeah. they're both a little weird, right? Yeah. So sometimes they'll be like, what are you talking about? Why would you do that? We do love that voice. Get out of the cage. We gotta break these cookies for the colonel. Yeah. It's never breaking cookies for a customer. It's always for, it's for the colonel. For the president of the United States. Yeah. Sorry. That's sorry really to good sorry improv. to bust out my Chicago improviser uh, impression. Wow. Yeah. Brings me back. Let's take the L train. That is, yeah, that's a train. You wanna go see the Cubs gang with me? He's probably just take the take the L. I'm hungry. You want to go to Portillo's? Okay, you're offending my people. Right? <laughs> no, your people's Californians. True. Which, yeah, we can take it out here. Yeah, let's do some California specifics of, just to even things up, you know? Yoga, smoothies. Hey, can I borrow your goat for goat yoga? My goat's at the shop. Yeah, my goat's at the shop. Here's the thing. I think Californians have a good sense of humor yeah. about ourselves. I guess Chicago Chicagoans don't. I think they do. 
I just was that voice was graining on me. <laughs> I I like to apologize on behalf of all Chicagoans. All right, so coming back to LA, uh, uh, what was that like? Uh, um, did you have old friends that you could reconnect with, or was it kind of clean slate? Oh yeah, so all my all my college buddies were already here. Most yeah, I was the only person that went to Chicago, um, and so they were all here, hang out. But then you know the pandemic happened, so put a little pause on that, and then pandemic's over. Audition for UCB, get on a Herald team, which is so great. What did you do during the downtime between 2019 and 2023? Well, I stayed in Pasadena inside, had some therapy breakthroughs, went off an anxiety med, yeah, went for walks. What did I actually do in that time? Oh, I worked for a nonprofit. It was just, it was, I didn't get my footing in LA until before the pandemic. So once it happened, it was kind of like, okay. And then once everything opened up again, I got to actually kind of explore and get to be part of the community. Sure. Yeah. 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 And that sounded like plenty. That sounded like you did plenty. Thank you so much. Yeah. I made food for myself. My favorite dish was just pesto with broccoli. Ooh. Broccoli really, really, really roasted. And that's about it. Some burnt ass broccoli. Yeah. Some roasted ass broccoli. Yeah. A little garlic in there? Salt? Sure. Oh, you don't have to. I'm just asking. I'm curious. You're I didn't at the too. time. No. You didn't at the time. No. So it was just. I don't. Again, I've mentioned my stomach at least 100 times because it's on my mind. And I I just can't eat a lot of stuff. So I'm not very adventurous Okay. with my own cooking. So I'm just like, let's just do something easy so I feel better. Yeah. Some steamed, roasted <laughs> broccoli. Yeah. Charred some broccoli. Pesto sauce. Some pasta and some pesto. You make it yourself or you get it from a. The pasta? Yeah, the pesto sauce. I got it from Trader Joe's. Okay. They at the time. Yeah. I haven't had it in a while because I'm not supposed to have. This is so boring. We shouldn't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing fun here. Nothing fun in this pesto journey. This is not a fun podcast. Even though it's about <laughs> improv, this is all about gastro um, intestinal uh, ailments. I wish. All right. So let's talk about uh, uh, things reopening. Let's talk about uh, sure. the week's leading up to the big audition. First of all, nobody knew that it was coming. Nobody thought it would come back. We thought UCB was over. And all of a sudden, big comeback. Big announcements. We're going to be opening up Harold yeah. and Lloyd auditions this year. So let's talk about that. Okay. Where were you when you got that email? I, I think someone in... Oh, so what I did was I took, before the pandemic, in that August to December, I did one all all levels of ucb graduated so i well you did them over no in person before the pandemic happened oh over yeah yeah. as soon as i moved back i like did 201 301 401 how was that Um, it was fun i always i'm always so curious about that because i talked to some other people that have had that same experience but like once you've done not only ios program but also done heralds yeah i feel like coming here it is kind of like learning to like write with your left hand now right yeah, like, I know how to do this, but this is wonky. I also, I have done every program, and I definitely don't need to, but I just know about myself. I love the structure of a curriculum, like going through the classes and then graduating makes me feel good. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'll just do it because there's ways to, like, I could have moved here from Chicago and just put myself out there and been talented and done shows and not have taken the classes and still maybe gotten to one day hopefully perform on the ECB stage. But I just know myself well enough that my brain works best. I'm just like, I'll just do it. I'll take their classes. I'll learn. I'll do it their way. 
That's what I did in Second City. That's what I did. Because in Second City in Chicago, you could just get invited to audition versus take the classes and graduate. Plus, you already did it in, in L.A. Yeah, but I just did the I did the whole thing. I did all the way up the yeah. levels. Anyways, that's a side note about how different ways to do it. But it was fun. I like, I like rules, and I feel like ECB is a lot more structured than I.O., so I'm open to it. It just seems like a really fun way for everyone to get on the same page. And if you're all working from the same rule book, then you can have more fun with the actual content maybe i'm not sure yeah i mean i i think you're right about that like different people have different ways to handle things i think i'm i'm like you i like the formal education I like the, the classes yeah i think in addition to all the all like the actual like learning and the reps though like it's a good way to network with people yeah i'm not good about the other thing i'm not good yeah. about going to a show like hey you're really funny i'm funny too if you want to check me out sometime. i know i it's just not in that's my a, bones. yeah yeah but if you're like we took a class together and you're like yeah Hey, remember me from 201? Yeah. Remember we went to Portillo's after class? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's perfect. I, uh, I made friends. I had a little indie team for a, a hot second when the pandemic happened. And then when it re when stuff was reopening, the pack opened first. Mm -hmm. And so I did the pack audition and I got on a team. And that was super fun and made friends there. We still performed together. And yeah, and then UCB opened up. You also did... um shared experience oh, yeah shared experience. experience. Uh, experience yeah. that was really fun um that's where we first met yeah it was such a great thing i forget how i even got oh i think i just dm'd somebody and they're like yeah come on down you're on the list and i was like oh thank you so much because i think it was at the Broadwater where the pack is mm -hmm. and so it was great to also attempt to meet people and i indeed i met at least five which is my goal always meet five friends um which i've not realized about myself but yeah it was great and then i think someone on my pack team must have like sent us the screenshot of UCB being like auditions are up mm -hmm. y'all and then I remember I got the notification that they were like open when I was getting my hair cut and they were shampooing my hair and I was typing with my phone like my name is Liliana Winkworth and I'd like to audition for a Herald team with the whole google form yeah and then they were like can you please stop moving I'm trying to <laughs> I was just so nervous that it was going to close before I had the chance to yeah. sign up you're like just a second. I gotta write down it's all my most favorite important UCB my life. Yeah. Uh, so it, uh, uh, you've kind of conquered all the summits. You've got uh, uh, I O. Yeah. Second City, UCB. Uh, all that done now. What? Uh, what is like? What is that? Like, what perspective do you have? You can get offered for other folks, or like maybe anybody who is thinking about climbing up one of these hills. Yeah. What would you have to say? I say, as far as thinking about the hills definitely do one at a time mm -hmm. i felt i think when i was doing like io and second city at the same time it was a little tough because it's just a lot of classes um and then also go see shows and go to the theater that you like the shows the most of like mm. pay for the shows you want to perform and not what you think is the best theater maybe yeah yeah that's really good i uh, uh, uh not to call out any of my previous guests but i will now yeah, like I don't think enough people are expressing that. Some of them have, but not. It should be in every yeah episode. Everybody should be talking about going to see shows because yeah, like one, you're voting with your dollar, but two, you're also forming your taste. Yeah, and also I think especially in LA, Chicago is different because it's a lot smaller. Public transit is a little more accessible, or you know, there's more stops. Uh, I just I'm very 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 uh quick to not judge Los Angeles public transit because I have never really relied on it. And the one time I took the bus was actually pretty easy. Anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, so Chicago, everyone was kind of doing everything. Everyone knew everybody. Mm -hmm. Here, 
LA is so isolating. It can be so hard to live. It's super expensive. And I, whenever someone asks me, like, I'm thinking of going to LA, I think I'm doing, I'm thinking about doing improv. I'm just like, cool. There are certain theaters where like you are doing it to make friends, mm -hmm. certain theaters who do it to get famous, certain theaters are doing it to, I don't know, the third option. And I think UCB is really great for making friends. Cause I thought like the fact that they're like, make a practice group immediately and mm -hmm. rehearse is so great. Cause then you're always together. You're going to see shows for class. And then Groundlings is amazing. I do see it as more of like an actor training program. Yeah. I, and I think once you're higher up in the levels, you have that kind of camaraderie because you're just like in the trenches together. And then I'd, I've never experienced Second City and I out here as an adult. I don't think I was coming back, is it? Bye. Bye, but, I Yeah, that's it. I think UCB is just, I think it's a great community builder. So I always recommend it. Yeah. People that I like to look into just make friends and like be part of the scene. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's coming from an LA native here. All the all the harshest criticism. Yeah. It's isolating. It's far away. But it is true. Like well, it's just like and not not in a criticism way. It's just a very hard city to live in as an adult, especially if you're here without a base of friends already and you're just hoping to make friends as an adult. It's terrifying. Yeah. And it's hard and you know, I used to I used to uh, you know, I saw I'm from Orange County, but coming up to here as an adult, like I, I always found it was a little bit clicky, but now I realize like, oh people that's not them being clicky. That's them afraid yeah. and insecure yeah. to spread out. So Also, the pack is great. I feel like the pack, pack I, is not a really good community. Where it's so great. They're much more, yeah. Like they, uh, just, just like UCB, they really encourage people to get together and they encourage yeah. you to see each other's shows and yeah. hang out. So they got a bar. Yes, they do. So we love the plunge. Shout out to the Black Broadwater Plunge. Ow, ow. ow good ow. cocktails. Ooh. And that one glass of like $9 sparkling wine is totally fine. And plenty of seating. There's a bathroom. It is a cute bar. It is a it, it, guys. If there's anything we can impart you with today, it's to go to the Broadwater Plunge. If oh, you want to make friends? That's the place to make it. And for no other reason, just because I'm here on your very comfy chair, I'm also gonna plug See What Sticks. It's awesome. Do you know See What Sticks? It's a very very cool workshop program. They just had their gala, and it's free for performers, and it's not improv, but it is for playwriting, sketch writing, stand up storytelling and you just go on their see what sticks instagram go to their google form sign up for a workshop and you just get to like go and perform your piece and get feedback from the audience that's there and it's great that's great it's kind of like a like a theater or like a like a arts like open mic yeah it's really wonderful and the people that run it are amazing and everyone's like killing it in the industry and they're all super super nice and like once you do it once you're like part of the family where's that it was at Lyric. I'm not sure where it is right now, but they just, their gala was just at Broadwater, which is why I thought of it. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, I'll put up the link and you'll find out. <laughs> we'll see where sticks, yeah. see what sticks, where they stick. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thanks so much for walking us through your improv journey, yeah. your improv journey. Uh, 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 lots of different cities, lots of different spaces. So yes. uh, incredible. Okay, we're going to jump into our uh, next segment now, which is going to be our topic of the week. And I'm really glad you picked this one, especially for someone who's been doing a lot of improv now. This is really important to talk about. Improv aftercare. Mm -hmm. Pretty much what you do and how you take care of yourself after an improv show or maybe even an improv class. We can yeah. talk about that. But um, I feel like this is where there's a lot of a lot of different answers. I kind of want to just tackle all of them, maybe ones that we've done or any ones that we've seen yeah. and how, how that can affect us in our, our, our state of being. It's interesting. I, I think... It really hit me the first Herald night, I think, or the first couple yeah. where I'd wake up on Tuesday so, so anxious and so drained because I think I was putting so much of myself out there for like Herald night and then birds after mm -hmm. and just being back in that space, especially post pandemic of the buzz of it and like the crowds and trying to make five new friends at birds. 
yeah so I remember waking up like on a Tuesday I was like why am I so depressed oh it's probably because I went I exerted a lot of energy last yeah. night so for those of you that don't know um uh, uh UCB is located right next to a bar called birds birds uh, and the tradition, I guess the, yeah, like the usual thing is people go there before shows, after shows and for Herald night, especially after you do your Herald set, people yeah. go to birds, they sit around, they socialize and they talk, but that is a setting that a lot of people may not be comfortable in or familiar with. I love birds. But I love birds yeah. too. And I will say this. Yeah. Like as some, I, I, you, I was talking earlier, how I'm a bit of a social butterfly. I, oh, I, so oh, jealous. me, a glass of alcohol in my hand. And the table. If I could drink beer, I think I'd be better at socializing. I can't drink beer, and wine sometimes at bars isn't good. Sorry, birds. And so I just drink Negronis, and then I get trashed by two drinks, and I have to go home. Wow, Negronis. Or I could just not drink. That could be also an option. I mean, and and you don't have to. And that that's one of the things I want to talk about. Like, so I guess let's let's start there. Actually, let's start okay. there with just the 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 chemical yeah. aftercare. Yeah. So again, I, I think it's very it's very common. Grabbing drinks after watching a show, grabbing drinks after a class, grabbing drinks after whatever. Uh, uh, alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to become an, an anti-alcohol. It's crazy, especially, especially, especially in LA. Especially in Chicago. Oh. Because oh, public okay. transit. I was going to say the opposite. Colder. LA. Oh. LA is dangerous because most people here, we don't have public transit. People are driving away. Yes. So that's why I was going to say, on the one hand, LA, very dangerous. But if you're in Chicago, let's talk about binge oh. drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Chicago... I would say I don't think people would disagree super hard. Uh, drinking's a big part of the culture, especially mm -hmm. the comedy scene in Chicago. Um, and then I think LA, because it is that stereotypical healthier lifestyle, it's not as upfront about <laughs> drinking as much as in one go. But uh, yeah, I remember in Chicago, like if you did a show, you got a drink at the bar comped. And so that was just kind of like, okay, we go to the bar, I get one free, let's keep going. Uh, and then LA... I do think Io had a bar, right? Mm -hmm. Second City had a bar. Huge factor. Yeah, we could go to the bar in the kitchen of Second City and grab our drink, like as the show was wrapping up, uh, which was always felt like a movie star. But <laughs> you yeah. know, how movie stars always going into kitchens, go into the staff kitchen and grab a free glass of high, big, big pour wine. Yeah, uh, in a tiny glass. No, I think drinking and comedy, some like we go hand in hand i think it's the nightlife it's the culture it's the depression it's the yeah. insecurity it's the two drinks you have to get at the improv or the comedy store or whatever stand-up is yeah yeah and, and i so guess it's, it's just hard yeah yeah uh, uh, um if you can plan your night around it like if you are gonna go see a show at the comedy store you kind of plan your night around it maybe you'll get a heavy dinner beforehand get an uber there right but when it yeah. comes to improv, like you can't really plan for that yeah. every two weeks. No, it's crazy. And also if you're going to see someone else's show, like you're going yeah. to Herald Night every week and seeing the shows, it's just that for me, it's like the anxiety of like, okay, you want to have someone in your hand and also a social lubricant. Of, social lubricant. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think we're living in an age where people are, more people are being like, no, I'm actually sober. And then also CBD drinks and all those fun social tonics. I'm trying to experiment more, more with those. Yeah, that are not actual alcohol drinks. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to point out. Like, yeah. I I'm, I am glad that like in 2023, hopefully people feel this. It's it's more okay to like uh, uh, not drink or yeah. you know. And hopefully we're also getting to an age where we won't like pressure anybody. Yeah. But you shouldn't feel pressured. If anybody gives you a hard time, tell hey, send them to my way. Then yeah. I'll give them a talking to. I will say also with ECB, personally, I think part of my anxiety was like, okay, like have a glass of wine before a show, like in Chicago. Mm. And then, like at IO in the bar before, 
And now here I'm like, actually, I'd really would love to be clear headed for my Herald because I have to really pay attention. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's also to, it's so much. It's just more math. I, 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 yeah, and maybe it's not the case in Chicago, but if, I feel like here coming up, it's always been frowned upon to be yeah. under any influence. Oh, I anything. mean, I would hope it, again, even talking about this, I feel kind of like I'm going to get in trouble. But yeah, I it's it's just I, I feel even though different. the green room's full of alcohol, <laughs> they always encourage you not to drink before. Yeah, it, it does seem like UCB. I didn't know UCB before this, but it does not. It seems like it's not because there's no bar there. There's no open like there's no bar you can just get before the show. Mm hmm. Yeah, but drinking stuff and then you have a hangover the next day. Yeah. Which then adds to the social anxiety that you feel. Yeah, and I think there's something to this as well. Like, uh, uh, you don't, I, you know, uh, you want to associate your memories or your experiences with improv as, in a positive way. If you're ending yeah. every single night, you know, with a stomach <laughs> ache and you wake yeah. up with a hangover, you may end up having a, a negative association with yeah. this. Like, your body remembers things better than your head does. So you may start to have, like, a aversion to... <laughs> to verge and aversion to ucb which you don't want to have to build up. no um but that being said yeah if you want to have fun i'm not going to knock it but in terms of aftercare take care of yourself and that's how you take care of yourself yeah and go for it that's not how you take care of yourself don't go for it i think a big thing as far as this whole conversation about drinking or what you were doing before or after a show is just for me i tend to lose what's actually good for me in service of trying to like fit the vibe or fit the mood and so maybe the takeaway is just take care of yourself, number one, always. Like don't that. don't let birds or UCB or the social scene make you do something that you know you won't like tomorrow. Yeah, don't yeah. change yourself because, yeah. again, I'm a person that does do that. So it's like, yeah, it's actually not a big deal. But it's it's so, don't, yeah. don't change yourself. Yeah. Conversely, I wouldn't go to like a bait and tackle shop after an improv show because that's not me. Yeah. And also and if you do that, like no judgment, <laughs> and I will come with you, but I just, I won't partake in the fishing or the bait yeah. and tackle. I think also the difference between LA and Chicago for me has been in Chicago, younger, everything's new. This is my family now. Like Harold team was like, we're all best friends. We're going to go camping every weekend. Yeah. This is it. And then get on a Harold team here. I felt that immediate, like, okay, these are my new seven best friends. And I'm like, oh wait, we're all adults with our own lives now. And this is kind of more of a work, working relationship, and we can also be friends. And kind of removing that. Uh, yeah, some people got like partners to go home to. Yeah, and like kids, kids. crazy, and dogs. Some the dogs. neediest. <laughs> yeah, and so just being like, okay, cool. You can't just. It's not. I'm 32 now. I'm not 22, so it's different than being like, okay, let's stay out all night. It's just mm -hmm. me and my Herald team. It's like, no, no, take care of yourself. You yeah. have a home. You have a job. Um. The next thing I want to talk about, kind of in, in, in line with bird, but it can also manifest itself Birds. in different ways, is um, food. I love food. So many people love to reward themselves or treat themselves oh. after an improv show or yeah. after a thing, you know? I was going to say that as far as I think there's something for me that's always been very comforting for anxiety. It's like, yeah, I'll get a drink or at Bird's. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get chicken fingers. And so just yeah. having that thing that you don't have to drink, but you can order chicken fingers. Yeah. And what I was going to say, though, is, you know, like, uh, 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 Similar to the whole, you know, the alcohol thing. A lot of times people will use food as like a reward thing. Mm. Um, and I used to do this. And I try not to do this anymore. But my whole thing used to be, I'm not going to have dinner. I'm going to, because, you know, like, I don't want to perform on, it, on a full stomach. I want to burp. I also have weird stomach stuff, yeah. you know. So I'm going to go out there with an empty stomach. So that way, nothing weird is going to catch me off guard. And at the end of the night, I'm going to reward myself of, you know, doing a, a great show, a great set. Let me get some food afterwards. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times that will leave me. And again, no knock on 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 you know 
anybody's food preferences, but like that's fried chicken. Yeah. Right. That is, you know, chili or a burger. Yeah. Or that is fast food if we're not near, you know, a, a sit down or if all those sit down restaurants are closed down. Yeah. So that would uh, uh, inadvertently make me make poor like eating choices. Now I'm trying to like eat dinner before, like cook my own food and be healthy about it. But I will say that's I'm pretty sure what I'm saying is like uh, hidden ringing home with a lot of people. A lot yeah. More like after classes, after shows, after practice, probably going out, which is great. But I don't know. Some people can get away with eating a burger a week. Some people can't. No, absolutely not. I can't even imagine eating a burger a week. Also, just the money is so, like, yeah. the money that we're spending on classes, on costumes, if you're doing, like, sketch comedy mm -hmm. or wigs, and then also on being social, because being social is such a humongous part of the comedy scene, because you make friends, and then you get to do their shows, or mm -hmm. they do your shows. And so you're just, the investment you're putting in at these chicken tenders or burgers that don't even make you feel good, just a lot to factor in. It's hard not to get wrapped up in it and be like, oh, I lost $100 this week again at Herald Night. Right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. All of a sudden, every Monday, you're like, yeah. you know, my, my, my spending is good. I've been trying to save up real good, but I come around to the night of my show, all of a sudden, yeah. it's like a big dip. What's yeah. going on? Because like dinner before with your team or dinner after or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, um, yeah, a lot of this is, now that I hear you say it, it is a lot of social pressure, a lot of peer yeah. pressure. That's what this episode is really about. That's how I see the world. Yeah, social no, pressure. It, it is a fair, fair thing, especially coming into, gosh, we're, we're, this is getting more serious than I thought. These young transplants, and they yeah. replace their family life and their yeah. social dynamics with their improv teams. All of a sudden, you know, because you're mixing up with people with different different levels and different means, and some people, yeah. Hey, I, you know, I can I go out and get burritos every week. Yeah, you know, or every I, night. I do feel like things seem to be getting more transparent and healthier as I get older and people get younger. So hopefully, it's all chilling out. But it's just a lot. Yeah, because yeah. you want to you want to stay out. You want to be there. You want to be the people that people think of as like the fun one. Yeah, and you know who I think is the most fun? Who? Person with a a, a a box of steamed broccoli and yeah. water bottle that they brought from home. That's cool. Let's bring <laughs> back up the green room. Stinking up the green room. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's bring back just hanging, vibing on your, you know, like bring your own vibe to it. I know. Uh, uh, Whenever I can. see someone who's like really just living in their truth and their own vibe, I'm like, oh, good for them. But that's it's what so, we like. That's more admirable. It's so hard not to get wrapped up in what you think people want from you. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? How about this? Let's just let's just let's zoom out even further. Then. Do you think, in terms of a from an aftercare perspective, is it healthy to hang out with your team afterwards? Yes. Okay. It's a, I think going whole hog the other way would be awful. Like just being like, "Hi you guys, might... I'm here half an hour before call. Okay, I'm leaving right after notes. Thank mm -hmm. you." Like no, you want because also I think part of it is understanding what is good for you, setting those boundaries just within yourself to be like, "I know that I shouldn't drink after eight p.m. or I know I should eat dinner before and I'll yeah. have a healthy dinner so I don't have a tummy ache." Um, even though it's so fun to just be spontaneous. Also in improv, it's all about being in the moment, spontaneous. And so it's hard to like pre-plan your improv self-care. Yeah. But um I think those boundaries are important though. Yeah. I think it's important thing to like bring up. I think we talked about boundaries a lot in other topics, in the, but in terms of the social aspect, it should be brought up. Yeah. I do agree that it's healthy because I mean at the end of the day, you're supposed to like the closer you are with your team, the more you socialize, the it, better your art. It will shouldn't be. be a hard, fast rule either way. It's yeah. like if you were like, I have a big day tomorrow, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. Great yeah. show. Great. Um, and then also if you want to hang out for like a single sparkling water or a single drink, yeah. great. I think just don't feel 
but also some people are extroverts and they get recharged by being with people. So yeah. I think it's about like recognizing and maybe again, setting up those limits of like, you know what, uh, uh, um, talk about it. Like, Hey, we're going to hang out before. Yeah. Then you need to realize, am I going to eat with them? Are I going to eat without them? You kind of need to know your own you know, yeah. body and your own like, uh, um, parameters. So you, you, you'll, 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 you'll eat dinner before and you'll sit with them and maybe get like a, a iced tea or something. Yeah. And, or same thing afterwards. Like, you know, that you have an early day tomorrow. I'll hang out for 45 minutes, but you know, the strike of 11, I got to go home. Cause I've I've been in the opposite. I am one of those extroverts that you're speaking of. I do I, get I, I can tell. I'm Social pretty butterfly. sure everyone can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's ever met me. Uh, but I I get retried from other people, and um, there have been situations where I say I gotta I gotta go home, and I'm talking until two a.m. Yeah. You know, and uh, or like, and it's not even at the bird. It's not even like sometimes it'll just be like outside of the clubhouse, and then like there's like three people more all talking, and all of a sudden it's like. 3am you lose track of time yeah because it feels good and it's also really you know you know talking about improv in, in this community a lot of times people just need someone to talk to and it's nice to offer that to people but yeah to, at what cost and at what expense yeah i think in chicago the comedy scene was my entire life mm -hmm. i had a job but everyone at that job had their own comedy scene or theater scene they were all like not actually in chicago does comedy <laughs> everyone truly well i like i worked at a gym as a front desk Oh, that place person. is a breeding ground for comedians. But it was it was all actors or musicians or comedians. And so everyone was there was still focused on their life. And then coming here, I don't know if it's because I'm older or if it's because of LA. Everyone like having your own life outside of your improv team is so important because it's so stressful when someone's life is just the improv team and you're like, you gotta, you gotta focus on something else for a second. We're just an improv team. I don't know if that makes sense. I think for me when I first felt that like social anxiety, the Tuesday after a Herald night, I, and what I've been working on since is just at the holiday party, even it's like, I am going to have fun here, but if I don't have the best time in my life, that's okay. Because I have a happy home. I have some cats. I have movies I can watch later. Like I have stuff outside of this community to keep me grounded. Cause I think if you go, if, if you, if you make the community your entire world, it's a little stressful. That's a really good point. Just having something else to look forward to. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like, um, I can totally imagine being in my early twenties and like having Harold Knight be the like the, the highlight thing you, of my week. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm, you know, everybody's working for the weekend. I'm working for Harold Knight. Yeah, but it is important to have other things where it's just like, hey, I have Harold Knight, but Wednesday I got, you know, pickle club, pickle, pickle pickleball, pickleball club. club, no pickle club. This is where we all bring our pickles Ugh. that look like. I wish uh, I liked pickles things. more. They're too sour for me, but yeah, is that cucumbers. Yeah. I love you're, you're welcome. You're welcome to Pickle Club. <laughs> you're welcome. Come on by and bring your slightly salted cucumber. Yeah. And also, I think LA is such a grind town, mm -hmm. as we all famously know. So you got to have eight things going at once, no matter what. I think I got on a Herald team. I was like, I've made it. And then I was like, oh, wait. I also have to, just I have to keep writing and auditioning and making friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, in, in, in the spirit of like the anxiety and like the, the productiveness i also want to talk about like talking about the show or notes or stuff like that. oh yeah this is something that i don't I, i'm curious to hear how things worked in uh, chicago but out here in la you i really only experience it on house teams mm -hmm. and on uh, uh, uh um class shows but other than that i don't usually receive notes after a show i usually don't want notes after the show i definitely don't want to talk to my teammates about what just happened? I want to move on to the next oh, cool. moment. Mm -hmm. But uh, how do you feel about notes after a show? I like them. It it 
is tough though because you can walk off stage and be like I feel kind of good about that and then you go to a little hallway green room and you sit down and your coach is like well and you're like oh and then you walk to birds and you're like I feel bad now and then you get a little in your head and so I love notes as a performer but it is interesting I've kind of wondered sometimes if we could just hold notes until the next rehearsal because there's such an adrenaline rush coming off stage being on stage and then to sit for 20 to 40 minutes and just get kind of roasted or complimented or discuss the show in a logical analytical way is a really quick mental shift which can be kind of discombobulating yeah i agree with you the that's why i brought it up it's just because like coming from like any any other i don't maybe it's like a acting thing or art thing but like anywhere else that note still would apply yeah from now a month now so that note is still like credible it's like it's still gonna apply it's still gonna be useful now the right immediately right after i can see why some people think well it just happened so it's fresh in your memory but you know whether you tell me now or you tell me a, a week from now i'm still gonna uh, absorb it maybe that's how everybody works that's not like how everybody uh, uh approaches improv but i think that 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 shift of i feel great to oh no yeah you know it's like that that's self-critical uh 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 inner talk i think can be really you know tough and it can really challenge people's relationship to the art yeah and i don't know how i just found this out uh, uh it's a little bit more um uh, uh, maybe too much information, but like I was just reading a book about like codependency. Yeah, and apparently not everybody has an inner monologue that's always, which is self-critical. Honestly, makes me want to throw up. I thought that not everyone has that. I know. I, apparently, a lot of people are just like happy. Happy. <laughs> so when I read that, I was like, that, that, that's why I think uh, getting notes at the show kind of works for me because I'm kind of you're just kind of reinforcing what I'm already thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was being a little bit, you know, too energetic or like, yeah, I should have done that better. To see, like, especially my other teammates, like their their faces drop. I'm like, oh, they were they were on cloud nine, and you brought them back down yeah. to cloud, you know, two. Terrible. I do think now that we're talking about this, and then think, thinking about like hanging out with the teams after mm-hmm. the show, I do think it's not super healthy all the time to just sit, just you and your team being like, yeah, we really messed up. That was not. Oh God, I can't. I wish I had done that. Oh, I should have done that. Like that, I don't think is helpful. And I think that brain. only comes from a culture of getting notes after a show. Yeah. Otherwise, and I also you're not think about it. everyone's different. So there's eight people on this team. Everyone deals with criticism differently. Everyone, some people love talking about what they did wrong and they don't find that kind of inner monologue of negativity and mm-hmm. self hate. And some people are like, yeah, I guess we did kind of mess up. I guess I should just go to sleep forever now. I don't feel good anymore. Mm-hmm. And I do think, yeah, just the big jump from big applause especially on Harold night such mm-hmm. a good house to sitting and being told what you did wrong is a big shift and not everyone can handle it the same not everyone handles it the same way everyone's different in uh, at IO in Chicago was it also notes after shows yeah I can't imagine a world where we didn't get notes after shows I think maybe in Second City when we were on tour our director wasn't with us mm-hmm. we were just out and about we would just do our show and we kind of have a sense of like that was okay anyways moving on but yeah, I can't. I think we always got notes after shows. That's something I like about the theater world. I don't know much about the theater world, but I've heard from you know other actor friends that they get all their notes during rehearsals and during yeah the the pre-show. And once the show happens, it's like, what what notes can I give you? You already yeah. you already drilled this into your bones for like two months. Yeah. You know? Also, I think now that I've been doing it a couple years, decades, it I 
from notes I really want just uh of like just tell me exactly how I could have done it better and I'll be like great let's move on mm -hmm. I think the with different coaches different styles of notes it's like oh yeah that was the strongest choice and I'm like okay tell me what how it could have been stronger versus just kind of generic negative notes I have especially at UCB I've been craving mm -hmm. just and our coach right now is amazing uh being able to be like would it have been stronger if I had done this with the cat and be like yeah probably okay great thank you so much let's yeah. move on I got to see it more as like an analytical thing of like how can I help my team in the future not roast myself right now um, yeah and something you know I'll give him a shout out James Mannion something he does really well and I, I hope more coaches are doing this or adopt something like this but like he'll kind of tell you where it went wrong and then not talk about the rest of it right yeah so if he'll be like yeah in the first beat you know you had your initiate which is really great but then when we framed it it shifted a little bit from what was the original yeah. thing from the premise so now that we shifted it it's all a little bit off yeah and then he won't talk about the second beat it, well, it was off and you know that way it doesn't like you know make you feel bad about the same mistake like three four times you know yeah because like once you say like yeah well once it was off in the framing right. yeah we know it's off for the rest of the show there's no we can do about it. I'm like, I think, that's really good because now we we are more focused on making sure that like yeah. first beat is clear the clearer notes the better and I think what gets me tripped up I'll speak for myself is when notes are kind of vague or like trying to not hurt your feelings I'm like we're all professionals here we want to do a good job and just like do it like deliver the notes like a doctor reading a prescription or something don't do it like oh yeah guys that wasn't so great and you're like oh like the, the vagueness in comedy or like the just not being transparent in all aspects of life really stresses me out so i'm just like please just tell me what you think right because for <laughs> I again, let my ego get people like you and me we they don't tell us what it is we, i will think about what overthink. you meant the whole day and we'll turn it into three four five different things rather than just yeah. the one thing you probably meant also, because improv is just you on stage, especially UCB, it's very much you kind of being a bigger version of yourself, but it's still close to home. I, I've always felt it. it's hard to get notes and then be like, okay, okay, he's not saying that Liliana is a bad person or I'm a, I'm a dumbass. It's just like I my improv brain could be a little better. Mm -hmm. It's hard to separate your because as a comedian, you are like your version of funny, what you find funny. That's what you're presenting to the world. It's hard not to take it personally sometimes. That's a really good point. Yeah. And, and hopefully most more people have that, um, have that level of like detachment from the It's art. so hard. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard because I'm just saying that like, I, I can't do it, but I'm working on it being like, no ego. Yeah. I could have been better, but I love myself enough to know that I'm pretty good and I'll, I can only get better if I want to. And how about that in terms of aftercare? Like the very first thing you should do right when you walk off stage is remember, you shed who that person was. Yeah, that was on stage, Lena. That was that was that was performance, David. But now I'm back in the room, and now I'm human, David. Ooh, ready to hear about you know what perform what performer David did, but not interesting. You know, manifest I, those like criticisms to myself. I think I I what I struggle with and why I deal with a lot of anxiety is I don't have different versions of myself. I'm always Liliana, human, in all scenarios. That's why I cry so easily. And people tell me that my emotions are always at the ready because I'm always just like myself. I can't. And I, I think I've been thinking about this a lot recently, especially with like the holiday party or any kind of big social event. It's like, okay, I got to put on a version of myself that's like untouchable. Or I think I am always very quick to be vulnerable and kind of show everyone my underbelly. And I'm really working hard these days to not show everyone my secrets <laughs> and not like, because I, I am codependent. I was raised codependent. And I'm working on that. And so 
as an improviser, it's codependency is death of improv. And I'm working on that. Um, cause it's just the worst to your scene partner to be like, Oh, right. What do you want from me? It's like, that's not helpful in an improv mm -hmm. scene. Uh, you gotta do your own thing. And then in LA, in any kind of job scenario, you can't look to everyone to validate your existence. You have to be like strong enough as your own person. And then that'll help everybody out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. I think, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, like yeah. being codependent is really tough in this in this art form where it is all collaborative and all teamwork. Yeah. Never, never, never like, you know, it's tell just, me which way we're going. You yeah. got to help guide them too. But it's just like comedians are, I, I think the funniest people are the saddest people. I host a show called Sad Funny, Come On Down, um, just about anxiety and comedy. Uh, and it's just so funny that I find myself here doing this because I just need everyone to love me in order to like sleep at night. And I've chosen an art form where I want them to laugh at me. And also I put myself up for display once a week. <laughs> it's tough. My therapist is always confused. Whenever I meet a new therapist, they're like, oh, and you chose to do this with all the stuff going yeah. on? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> You're like, love me, but show your love by ridiculing me. Yeah, or even just like, me. I've chosen a life where my success kind of hinges on some kind of external validation, some major sense of external validation. Yeah, yeah. And it would probably be healthier if I didn't need that in my life, in my career. <laughs> Well, how about that? <laughs> so for, this is my last how about I'm that quitting for, improv, yeah. quitting how about comedy. That for aftercare? How about uh, <laughs> have a fully actualized self and sense of self? It's so hard, that's though. <laughs> but that's what I'm currently working on is having to just being really being able to get in my car at, after a show or a big kind of comedy social networking event and be like, I did what I could do. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm okay. And, you know, I think it's important to also, uh, you know, if you are experiencing stuff like this, like, you're not alone. Like, this is a very, yeah, like, pervasive thing yeah. in the uh, world of improv, in the world of performing arts, in the world of, you know, uh, 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 theater. Like, Okay, but making it less sad and less broad therapy, I do think as far as improv related for this specific, why we're here, it, I, our coaches talked about this last night, like, codependency and improv is so harmful to your scene partner because all they want from you is to especially at ucb style improv you come out as the unusual and the voice of reason should be helping you establish that base reality of like no we're on a first date you're being a little weird instead of like yeah you're weird how can i help because that's yeah. just that's just not helpful at all yeah yeah so it, being being a strong version of yourself is always going to be good in improv yeah and and trying to bring that up yeah like it's like a tug of war and if you're not yeah. strong yeah and you're just giving them more slack you just make you're uh, hurting them you think that you're helping them but you're actually hurting the scene you're hurting yeah. the show and that was a big revelation for me I was like oh me saying how can I help you is probably the worst mm -hmm. thing I could do in an improv scene uh all right last thing to talk about uh, after I think we kind of tackle a lot of them socializing drinking eating yeah notes thinking I guess the thinking. last one I <laughs> thinking the last one I kind of want to bring up unless you had some more to think about too yeah. but like I want to talk about sleep oh yeah this is such a big one is it because uh, dakota johnson just said that she gets 14 hours of sleep every night yeah she's saying i'm useless with that at least 10 and i'm like then what am i the privilege to have that situation yeah i thought that was i i, that, I think that quote <laughs> might end up biting her in the butt in a couple yeah. of years uh anyways uh most improv shows are at night mm -hmm. I, uh, I can't imagine an improv show ending with the sun still out and again because we're doing all these other things we're you you do you can't just go to bed. Yeah. You, so you do need some form of aftercare, and unfortunately, sometimes the aftercare choices that we make 
energize you. Yeah. Some people go out for drinks. They energize you. Some people get food. Now you're got a belly full of food. You got to digest. Some people, I don't know, go for a mile run. <laughs> now your heart's pounding. But uh, the 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 most important thing you probably do need at 11, 12 p.m. Uh, uh, 11 p.m., 12 a.m. at night is to go to bed. Yeah. But we're jazzed. We're all amped up. I guess that's all I had to say. But what do you think oh, about that? I, 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 I don't know how to solve It was that. beautiful. So I was letting you go. <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, sleep is so important. And also, I think a lot about how, especially with the sun going down earlier, mm-hmm. and in Chicago, the sun goes down earlier and it's cold. Leaving the house is so hard. Mm-hmm. And I, there's shows. I have a friend who has a show at 11 p.m. often, and I've never gone because I'm like, woof. We love you. Oh, absolutely. You. I've, I've always wanted to go. Um, but yeah, it's it's really hard. And I think if you're not making a living doing those shows and you have to wake up for your job yeah. or to walk your dog or to do this and that, it can feel really overwhelming and you can feel like you're failing or disappointing people or not doing what you need or being where you need to be. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it goes back to that thing of just, you got to put yourself first and hope that you doing that will help you show up as your best self when you are there. Like mm-hmm. it means like going home after the show because it's already 11:30. Or you I think also you could have that one night where you're like, "Oops, got 4 hours of sleep last night." And then the next day you find some time or like yeah. make sure you like look at your planner ahead of time and you try to carve out like that Wednesday will be the day I just stay in bed. Yeah, yeah. Like it, you know, it, I, I speaking of Dakota, Dakota Johnson her luxury. I, I have a luxury too. I have a luxury where I work from home, so like immediately before a show, sometimes I'll go to bed after work. Oh yeah, so I'll take a nap from like five to seven. Wow, and that helps, you know. Like I, I know not everybody can do that. Some people yeah. have other things going on, but if you can, wherever you can squeeze in a a, a nap, yeah, uh, uh, do that because I think sleep is important. Sleep is precious, and if, and if you have the ability to nap, it is an ability. I, I it is, say. it's an ability. A lot yeah. of people don't have that, but if you can build up that, work on that skill set. Take a nap and then wake up and then you can go to your show kind of guilt free and you kind of stay up all night and then you kind of know like, well, I already got a little bit of sleep earlier. Yeah. So I don't feel so bad about it. And so if you can't it. nap, even just like doing restful or mindfulness exercises yeah. is a great way to kind of just reset your brain. Thanks for bringing it up. I forgot where I read it and I had to find it. But there is a study that shows that like if you lie down in your car for 20 minutes, just peaceful, eyes closed. Yeah. That is, that can be as rejuvenating as a 20 minute nap. Yeah. So if even you can't get that actual oops, I think I fell asleep. You can still kind of get that rest and recharge you need. Yeah. So even if it's that, even if it's showing, uh, uh, getting to the venue early and everyone's like, hey, we're going to get drinks. Like, well, I'm not getting drinks because I'm going to lay in my yeah. car. I'll see you at 630. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because also getting, everyone wants to hang out after the show. So you can prioritize getting rest before the show. Yeah. But like however you can uh, uh, rest up. And uh, and again, if, if, you, if this whole thing is about making your improv better, that's the one thing that'll make your improv better. Maybe. Absolutely. Cause you don't, I mean, I've been also been getting Moroccan mint tea before shows, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, a little bit of caffeine, a little bit of peppermint for the tummy and just finding those kind of new rituals versus the like glass of wine or the feeling stressed and running late, just finding your new ritual that's a little healthier, but feels as fun and as special for improv shows is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. If you can. Uh, all right, great. Well, that has been our discussion on improv aftercare. Uh, 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 between Lily and I, we've all tried it all. We tried it all. <laughs> we weighed some of the pros and cons. Yeah. Hopefully you find what works for you. And and whatever works for us is not yeah. necessarily going to work for you, but, you know, find out what does. Also, if you can just go for it and you never feel a hangover or any kind of anxiety, have fun. 
just go out there. No, no pressure to try anything new if you're having I know. the best time of your life. I was thinking that the other day. It's like, oh my gosh, what if I was 23 right now? Yeah. So yeah, if you're 23, don't if you're just a golden to... retriever kind of person, you're like, what's up yeah. next? I'm like, good for you're you. You're talking I to a bunch of it. people in their 30s talking about their bones <laughs> and their sleep. If you're 23, bones. rock out. Yeah. Have fun. Uh, all right, great. We're going to go ahead and jump into our last segment now, which is going to be our hot improv takes. Oh, so uh, this is our opportunity just to rant about something going on in improv, a trend that we've seen currently. Something we'll see more of, see less of, or if it's just perfect, keep it where it is at. But it has to be a hot take. Okay. What's yours? I'll go first. And to get inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll go first. All right. I should have thought um, Hot improv take. Don't fight with your scene partner on stage. Do it after the show like the rest of us. <laughs> We get it. Sometimes somebody messes up uh, a, a fact or sometimes they will, you know, not pick up what you're putting down. Don't just be like, I said we're in a time machine. What are you doing? Because that is going to translate. And, you know, uh, uh, it's, a, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Don't argue in front of the kids and the audience of the kids. You need to have that discussion. You need to work it out. But we're having dinner right now. And now little Billy is scared. So uh, 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 just don't do it. Uh, I know the impulse is there, but that is that is you not doing the inner work of being like, hey, we're in front of an audience is alive. And and right now, what's more important is putting on a good show. And I will deal with, you know, my scene partner later on. We'll talk about it later on. But uh, uh, don't do it. I've seen it ruin the vibe of the entire show. Sometimes people will like, you'll see two people argue in a set. And now the rest of the, like literally the rest of the show, even there's like two or three other teams after you. Everyone's just like on edge because we just witnessed trauma. And now we're all thinking about uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Thanks to you. <laughs> can I add, can I do a little yes and to your yeah, rant? Yeah. I love that rant. It was so good. I could not agree more. And also I, what I will say, I had a separate rant, but maybe this is mine. The cheap joke. Never go for the cheap joke yeah. on stage. That's don't what go, it feels like. Yeah. It's, it's that, I mean, that's kind of, I guess that's the real note. This yeah. is like. Like, just don't get a cheap joke if, if somebody It'll does never be up. worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get a big laugh from the audience because you said the clever thing that yeah. they all were get thinking. Get the Q-tips out of here, Janine. I'm trying to tell you that we're having a big meeting. And they're like, oh, what's If I was your scene partner, I'd be like, I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to the back line now. Thank you for having me. You'd break my heart, and I'd be so in my head the rest of the show. And the audience is going to be paying attention to Janine, and they're like, she doesn't have Q-tips in her ears. Janine, okay. She looks sad. Women are sad. Um, yeah. My hot take, uh, what I'd see more of, yeah. which I think UCB was the first one that I kind of realized you're allowed to do this is like, ask what similar instead of being like, sorry, we're in a dinner. And you're like, no, it's a time machine. You guys be like, sorry, I didn't hear you. And you could just tell me the thing again. Mm -hmm. I think being able to just clarify on stage as your smart improvise yourself is very freeing. And it's, there's literally, there's no rush to get to the funny thing. Just make sure you're set up for success first and ask them like, Sorry, I think I missed what your initiation, not initiation, obviously, you're yeah. in character. But if someone comes out and rushes, rambles through their first sentence and you come out, you're like, sorry, I missed that. That's fine. Yeah. Just be in character, be supportive and get what you need. Separate from improv. Sorry. Um, it was also a note that I kind of am taking from acting where for commercial auditions, they're so run and gun. You go in there, they're like, okay, so your staples, that's, a, that's the thing, your eyeline's here. Okay, go. And you are completely allowed to just be like, Sorry, one second. So I'm looking over there and this is this. Great. Thank you so much. And I'm looking at a, a salesperson or the register. What am I looking yeah. What am I looking at? Yeah. Just make sure, yeah. just don't be afraid to take that small beat and just take a deep breath and be like, right, sorry, I missed that. Would you mind telling me one more time? Great. Amazing. Let's play. Yeah. That's my 
and you know what? It's unfortunate that that has to be a hot take because that's a <laughs> decent human being thing to be yeah. able to like ask. And I think check. the nerves though yeah. of especially being an improv show that first beat that first scene out and being like, absolutely, yeah, we're making sandwiches. Oh, sorry, salami. Oh, sorry. You yeah. just want to make sure that everyone's good. And I love my hot take again. This and is really slow beginnings of scenes. I think yeah. that was a Chicago thing that I'm bringing back into my brain of like, oh, I like this. It's actually allowed. You don't have to go so fast. You're not the first person that has brought that up to me. Someone brought up, uh, uh, they said from an acting class where it's just like, well, you know, whenever you're reading a script or whenever you are like preparing a character, you have to envision who, like, who you are, yeah. what you're wearing, where you're at, who you're talking to. And in improv, you get that in the first line. Yeah. You know? But you can, you, I think the whole, it's also like the pressure of getting the initiation line out, the game out. I think there can be some, even it's just internal slowing down yeah. of like, I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here, there's a cupboard there. Great. How can I be, you know? Yeah. A yeah. lot of times it'll be like hot and like, you know, I caught like, like they came in hot, right? Where it's yeah. just like, uh, like, uh, 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 Richard, give me those copies. And you're like, but well, who are we? Who is like, am I your yeah. secretary? Am I your, your boss? Am I your, you know? Uh, are we in an office? Are we in a coffee sh yeah. like copy store? Yeah. A staples or whatever? Like, what's going on? So, but if you are able to, like, slow down, you know, it's like, okay, great. And uh, uh, where are we again? Uh, where's the copy machine, you know? Yeah. Copy machine's down by the cubicle. Great. Now I know we're in office or whatever, right? <laughs> Being able to slow down, I agree. Yeah. Uh, 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 and, yeah, I guess that's that's just a, a, a byproduct of so many people, like, like so much of improv in UCB in particular is, like, Get it all in the first line. Yeah, you gotta jump right into the unusual thing. Get that first unusual in the middle uh, in your initiation yeah. if you can. Yeah, and also the audience wants to see you relax. They don't want to see you stressed out. So yeah. get take what you need. Aftercare, on During stage. Care. Take what you need, man. That's my new motto. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> all right, great. Thanks so much. Yeah, I think a lot of this has been like, yeah, taking care of ourselves, <laughs> take care of each other. This has been like the care episode of uh, in a comfy chair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, great. Uh, last thing I want to do is have you plug away all the different shows you had. Oh, great. Um, uh, I have a show on Wednesday. Yeah. I don't know when this. Um, you got, you're cordially invited as a show I host at UCB, Wednesday, 1220 at 8.30 p.m. I host a show called Sad Funny at Wino Vino Wine Bar, TBD on a new location because Wino Vino is changing, which is so sad. They so, are? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I know. It got bought by someone, and so now it's going to still have a venue, but TBD on... If it's we good. still get to, it's gonna be jazz and comedy, but we'll see if it's still allowed to be like the same. Hopefully, I love it. It's, that basement's great. I know. Yeah, yeah, I do that. What are they gonna do with that basement? It's gonna be a venue still. Okay. But for January, they're for sure closed. Oh, I see. In renovations, you, in terms of booking, what they're gonna do? Yeah, yeah. Oh no. It'll be jazz. I, I'm sure it'll be the same, but you never know. There's no money in jazz. The real money's <laughs> in comedy. <laughs> the money's in comedy. I love it. It's just jazz and open mics. Those open <laughs> mics are crazy. Yeah, those are my shows. Uh, uh, and Harold Knight. And my Venmo is. <laughs> oh, and Harold Knight. Yeah, please. Please. We have like five more, which is crazy until I assume things will get shaken up. Wow. To hear you say it like that yeah. is uh, scary. So, yeah, uh, uh, not too many chances to <laughs> rumors. catch rumors. Or maybe more. Maybe. Uh, but, oh, uh, yeah. Mondays, uh, 7 or 8.30. Absolutely. 100%. All right. Great. Well, uh, thanks so much for stopping by. It was great to chat with you thanks about for uh, improv. We'll take care of ourselves. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Do I have any plugs? I forget. <laughs> You'll know where they are. All right. Awesome. That was great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah.